It's on. Oh, yeah. Well, that... All right. Christo, Nick keeps continuing to... Oh, you got down from your chair. Nick keeps continuing to screw up the intros. Come lay down, bud. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Covert Show. We're going to turn this down. It is loud in my ears. We got a special guest today in the house. He's furry, he's white, and he is black. His name is Christo, and he is my boss's dog. He will be kind of walking around from time to time, so if I say the word Christo, he is there. Word, name, Christo. But he is here with us today. We got a good old Bush Latte joining us. JC is feeling a little bit under the weather. There's like that weird bug that's been going around with everybody the last couple weeks of where it's like... For a couple days, you feel like you're going to throw up. You have the flu. For some people, it's just a really, really sore throat. For some people, it feels like COVID. Well, I don't know what the hell it is. So far, I have not gotten it. I'm going to knock on wood here, whatever wood I can find, of my desk. And so, hopefully, I don't get it. But we'll have to see. But, no, we got another episode of The Covered Show. Second episode of 2023. And, folks, I mean, it's been a good year so far. Well... For some people, it's been a good year. But, I mean, so far, we're we're just chilling. We're excited to bring you. We tried to bring you a new format last week, playing some Call of Duty um, and playing some video games while we were doing a show. We were just trying to mix it up and just bring something new to the table. Lay down, dude. He's, like, looking at me. He's ready to go to bed. He knows that my girlfriend is already in bed, and I've been playing some video games with the boys for a little bit. So we're, we're just chilling, enjoying the Thursday night of December 12th, or December, January 12th, 11.40, that we are recording this. And guys, you know what? we got a jam-packed full weekend of sports. Um, college basketball is really heating up right now. The NFL is in playoff mode, thank God. I love NFL playoff mode. And also, we had the Natty last week. And folks, let me tell you. The college national college football national championship of this year was not not one to uh, impress. Let's just well, it was impressive if you were a Georgia fan just to see how much you scored. Because um, to tell you the truth, I'm gonna try not to make this as much of a sports podcast, but I'll start out with sports just because it's it's more relevant. Um, this is this is the argument I'm gonna make, and I'm gonna make it right off the bat. <clears throat> TCU deserved to be in the college football playoff. And here's my statement for that. They come in and they take on a good Michigan team. They take on a great Michigan team who was undefeated, won the Big Ten. They lost the Big 12 title. That was their only loss of the season. Otherwise, from top to bottom, for top 25, they had a very packed schedule of high-quality opponents. Now, here's the thing that sits against them is they're in the Big 12. And here's the thing that really sits for Georgia is you're in the SEC. And here's the other thing that sits well for anybody in this conversation. This doesn't look good for the college football playoff. Because you're trying to put in more teams here. Now you're trying to make it a 12-team instead of a four coming up in the next year. You now have the opportunity for more teams to just get throttled like this. Well, here's here's my statement to that. Here's why I say enough is enough. Sooner or later, there will be a team in a conference that decides to, you know what? The SEC doesn't mean shit. I am 100% behind the fact that the SEC is just the powerhouse. It is the epitome of football, of college football. College baseball, it's really big. Basketball, not so much. The Big Ten, the Big 12, 
rule college basketball. In college football right now, the SEC reigns king. It reigns supreme. It is the cream of the crop. And that is, the hands down, one of the real reasons why Georgia absolutely leveled TCU. I was a lot more confident that Max Duggan and the Horn Frogs were going to come in and say, you know what, we're going to punch you in the mouth and we're going to go toe-to-toe for you for a little bit, and then we might get our asses handed to us. Georgia came out of that game swinging with a fire. And here's the difference, too, behind that. Is it, you can say that TCU didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. You can say that the Big 12 had no right to be there at all. You can say that Michigan should be embarrassed. You should say that Ohio State should be in, should have been been there. You could say that Bama could have been in. Oh, my gosh. Bama, Bama, Bama. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now. From my standpoint and my opinion, apparent, my college football knowledge, I'll tell you right now, probably doesn't mean shit. I will tell you this, though. If you're going to take a look at the college football committee and you're going to take a look at how they actually rank the strength of schedule, how they rank a team through adversity and everything like that, TCU had the best shot of being there. Were they overmatched now, overpowered? Oh, 100%. Yes, they were. Were they going to still try? I mean, hell yeah. They The first drive didn't go their way, and all of a sudden, <clears throat> Max Duggan comes back and answers Stetson Bennett with a running touchdown. And then all hell breaks loose. Offensive line shuts down. Defense just the secondary is the is the worst attribute for the Big Twelve possible. You cannot have a pass defense of the Big Twelve. It's just unheard of. And if you have a true pass defense in the Big Twelve, then you should be winning natties. But TCU got exposed up the seam. Stetson Bennett produced an absolutely phenomenal just show of of true pressure or true, I don't know. He he slung it. <laughs> Stetson Bennett was slinging it. And Georgia ends up winning 65-7. to I feel bad for TCU because they tried everything that they could to be there in the college football playoff. They tried everything that they could this season to be a 12-1 team that said, hey, we deserve to be here, and they were. They beat a very, very good Michigan team. They beat a great Michigan team who was 13-0. You had C.J. McCarthy who was going – or J.J. McCarthy, who was going absolutely nuts this season. You had a Michigan defense who is still strong from last year, beating Ohio State team that was a college football playoff team. And I will say this, I'm happy it wasn't Bama. And I know that a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Alabama should have been in, Alabama shouldn't have been in. Dude, here's the real factor behind it. Gentlemen and ladies, Alabama was sitting at a two-loss team, but they lost and should have almost been three. TCU, you probably could have made the argument of the same thing. But when it all comes down to it, this was the sloppiest Alabama team that anybody has seen since Saban has taken over. It was the most penalized team since Saban had taken over. It was an absolute shit show for Bama this year. Granted, they came out 11-2. and two. All right, fine, 11-2. and two. But here, here's the thing that I want to fully talk about here. Georgia and Alabama do not play each other in the regular season ever. Has anybody else noticed that? Alabama does not play Georgia at all in the regular season. 
they have their they have their 2023 schedule released here for Alabama. Let me read this off for you. Middle Tennessee, UT comes to town, so Texas comes to town. You got South Florida, you've got Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Arkansas. Tennessee's your first test right there. LSU is a possible test. Kentucky, Chattanooga, Auburn. They may they may win or they may lose two games. Two to three, depending on how you play it. That's it. You're going to start out, you're projected to be the number four team in the country, and you're going to start off with Middle Tennessee because they're going to pay you, and you're going to pay them? Fuck that. Give me a Alabama-Georgia right off the bat. Give me an early SEC matchup, and give me an SEC title game right off the bat. But no, you're not going to do that because you're... Because why? Tell me. Tell me why you would not put that up up for grabs. I like the Texas matchup again because Texas almost beat Alabama this year and they ended up finishing 8-5. and five. Texas ends up finishing 8-5, and five, one win shy of going to the uh, to the Big 12 title game. <coughs> and here was Texas's losses. 20-19, which granted in the second half, their secondary got picked apart. Otherwise, not and not by much, Texas's secondary held. Texas's defense held against number one Alabama with Chase Young or Bryce Young still sitting at the helm. Where was that? Nobody put that in the committee. All right, fine. Texas ends up losing by three to Texas Tech, 37-34. Texas loses by a touchdown to Oklahoma State. Texas loses by a touchdown to TCU. All of Texas's losses were seven points or less this season. All right, you got Quinn Ewers coming back, and then you got Manning coming in in your next recruiting class coming in for 2023 in the fall. Hudson Card is out. He transferred. So here, where does that leave Texas? I think Texas has a legit shot to possibly win the Big 12 next next year. I think that TCU still, if they can, with the recruiting class that they got out, out of this year and Max Duggan's performance, I think that TCU next year could be still very, very dangerous. Kansas State. No Adrian Martinez, but Kansas State still has a dangerous offense. They're returning a lot of guys from this Big 12 title. Props to you. Big 12 is still up for grabs. Kansas this year, you got six wins on the season. You should be over the moon. 1,000% over the moon. Go for it. Texas A&M, who is projected to be a college football playoff team by Desmond Howard. (laughs) They were 2-6 and this year. They were out. Bye. Where does that put them? Next year they're not going to be so good. LSU is six and two this year. They were eleven and four. They beat Bama. They've represented the SEC West. They got throttled by Georgia. It's safe to say that Georgia will run the SEC for the next two years, unless Alabama can just come through the woodwork. Nope. Here's Georgia. We're giving you a heavy dose. That bulldog running game and that bulldog just passing air raid is impressive. But here, let's look at Georgia's 2023 schedule, shall we? This should be interesting. I heard this the other day. UT Martin. Really? Ball State. Really? South Carolina. SEC opponent, fine. UAB. Really? In your first four in your first four games, you have one SEC opponent that isn't a solid SEC opponent. And you got three pushovers. You basically have a full 4-0 start. If you lose one of those games, Georgia, you are automatically out of the playoff. I, You have to be. There's no shot. 
Then you have Auburn, easy win. Kentucky, easy win. Vanderbilt, easy win. Florida, maybe. Missouri, no. Ole Miss, yeah. Tennessee, never know. And then Georgia Tech. Somebody tell me why the SEC cannot schedule real teams on their first first four games. Somebody, let's look at Tennessee's schedule here. Tennessee was projected to possibly be a college football playoff team. Virginia, not ranked this year. Austin Pay at the end of Alabama's schedule. Florida, maybe. UTSA, who was a college football playoff ranking team, ranked 24th in the country. Fine. UTSA, I'm cheering for you. I'm cheering for any non-Power 5 school against an SEC team. I don't care who it is. <sighs> My tirade is long and it is fierce with the SEC and how they have so many mediocre teams and they just tear each other with four teams at the top. And your next four teams for the next couple of years are Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Alabama. Find Somebody find a way to beat them, please. Somebody do it. Because, I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. <clears throat> it's hurtful. It's hard to watch. And when it comes to a natty, I'm tired of seeing an SEC team in there. I would have loved to see an Ohio State-Michigan rematch for the national title. That would have absolutely made me hysterical because no SEC team is in there. And it's Ryan Day and, Ur- and Urban Meyer gets a shot at a natty. We don't know where, or not Urban Meyer, wow, that... Uh, Jim Harbaugh, wow, that was hard. Jim Harbaugh gets a shot at Addy, hopefully before he goes to NFL. But yeah, I mean, you can take a you can take a look at it how you want. At the end of the year, the rankings go as followed. Obviously, Georgia number one, TCU will stay at two, finishing the year at thirteen and two, one of TCU's best seasons in school history. Michigan at thirteen and one, Ohio State eleven and two, Bama eleven and two, Tennessee is at 6, Penn State 7 after a big bowl win for them, winning the Rose Bowl over Utah. Washington is at 8. They've got a great team coming up this year, sec- or coming up this next year, second-year head coach. Tulane got it done over USC. They're at ninth. 10 is Utah, 11 Florida State, 12 is USC and Lincoln Riley, 13 Clemson, 14 K-State, 15 Oregon, LSU is 16, Oregon State, 17. Notre Dame, 18. Troy at 19. And then rounding out the top from the 20 to 25 in this order. Mississippi State, UCLA, Pittsburgh, South Carolina, Fresno State, and Texas. That is your AP Top 25 to end out the year. Also, shout out to South Dakota State. They ended up taking home their... um, the FCS title over North Dakota State. So the Jackrabbits finished with a 14-1 year. It, very impressive. Top four for that was South Dakota State, number one, North Dakota State, two, Incarnate Word, three, and then Sacramento State was four. Montana also did finish at five, so there's your top five for your FCS. So a lot of big things coming here for for college football in the next year. It, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a hell of a of a next year. And with that, we'll move into some hoops. Like I said, I know that you guys probably don't want me to 
keep this with a sports topic. And I know it's, I'm trying to move a little quick. I'm, your boy's trying to get to bed, too, because I got a doggo over here who's laying down. The girlfriend is currently sleeping in the bed. She just started clinicals today and started her second round of classes for the semester. So shout out to her for pushing through and fighting hard. So tonight's matchups, Arizona and Oregon State are currently playing right now, Stanford and Washington, and then San Francisco and Portland. Results from earlier today. UCLA over Utah, 68-49. to 49. Number 7 UCLA, I should say. Number 8 Gonzaga, 75-74 to 74 over BYU in a thriller to finish out the night. That game just ended, by the way. Minnesota, Ohio State. Minnesota ends up topping out Ohio State. Appalachian State. Walks out with a win. Michigan and Iowa. This game going into overtime. Iowa gets it done in Iowa City over Michigan, 93-84. to 84. We'll get some Big Ten standings here because that, that race is up for grabs. Any other good? Oh, University of Nebraska-Omaha. We'll read off the maps. Go UNO, 69-63 to 63 over North Dakota in the Summit League. Matchup as well. Going down in some Pac-12 action here. USC ends up topping up. Er, Getting the job done over Colorado, 68-61. Arizona State over Oregon, 90-73. And that pretty much wraps out some, some major games for the night there. We'll kind of jump into what we got coming up for the weekend. Tomorrow, Friday, I'm going to be watching a lot of basketball, and especially I'm going to be watching this game. It'll be on when I get home. Nebraska takes on number three, Purdue, and this is in South Bend, Indiana. Purdue after getting knocked off that number one spot with a massive loss to Rutgers. Bounced back with a win over Ohio State and then a win over Penn State as well. That was their first loss of the year. They're 15-1. They've got the good old Scarlet and the Cream Nebraska Corn Huskers Cup of the Town. Then they've got Michigan State. So that should be hopefully a hopefully a challenging game with the Huskers. I mean, they're coming off a loss to Illinois, 70 or 76-50, to 50, and then... Also coming off a win from Minnesota, 81-79. to I don't know why I just clicked on the Nevada Wolfpack, but I'm moving through here. That is the only ranked matchup for tomorrow. Michigan State has Illinois in Big Ten action. Actually, that's really the only Power 5 schools playing tomorrow. Utah State has Nevada. VCU has Dayton. Eastern Michigan has Akron. Villanova and Butler squaring off. And a good old Big East Conference matchup there on Saturday. Saturday is a jam-packed day for sports. Number five, Tennessee has Kentucky. Miami, number 16, has NC State. Wisconsin, ranked 18th. They've got Indiana in Big Ten action. Kansas State, number 11, tackles TCU on Saturday, who's just coming off a loss to Texas as well. Number 15, Arkansas has Vanderbilt. Number 19, Providence has Creighton. Creighton's struggling a little bit this year. They're 9-8 after a, a NCAA tournament appearance last year. They're 3-3 three three in the Big East Conference standings. Providence takes that with number one. They are 6-0. Xavier tied at 6-0. Both teams 14-3. Marquette 6-1. And, and then UConn 4-3. Creighton at the beginning of the year looked very, very strong, folks. I was excited about this Creighton Blue Jay team. They have fallen off just a little bit. But I know good old Coach McDermott is going to have them back on their feet. A lot more college basketball action to come on Saturday. Number two, Kansas faces number 14, Iowa State. 
That should be a fantastic game. College of Charleston, they've got Elon, number 22, Charleston. Also, that is weird for me to say at the moment. Charleston is ranked 22nd. A lot of other ranked matchups kind of coming through, but we'll take a look here at the rankings for you just to kind of give it out. A oh, little hard to go solo right now. I'm like my mind's moving like a thousand miles an hour. My my mouth is not able to to say the words. So rank number one, going all the way down the list from one to twenty five. This is in order, so stay with me here. <clears throat> Houston, Kansas, Purdue, Bama, Tennessee, UConn, UCLA, Gonzaga, Arizona, Texas rounds out that top ten. Going down from now eleven to twenty. K-State, Xavier, Virginia, Iowa State, Arkansas, Miami, TCU, Wisconsin, Providence, Missouri. From 21 all the way down to 25, Auburn, Charleston, South Dakota State, or San Diego State, excuse me, Duke and Marquette. For you Big Ten fans that are sitting out there wondering where does everybody sit in the Big Ten standings, well, I got it for you. Purdue and Michigan State, both teams are 4-1 and one in conference play, but if you look at it, Purdue is the better team so far. They are 15-1 and one overall. Michigan State is 12-4. and four. Purdue has a lot of big – they've had this for the last couple of years. They've got a couple of big centers that are moving through and doing some good things there, getting a lot of rebounds. And Purdue's been a very, very big defensive team. I mean, taking a look at their schedules, I mean, they have not – they've allowed a decent amount of points, but, I mean, they just really have been consistent. Scoring high 70s. Pretty much almost every game. Dayton was their lowest game. Dayton, this was insane. It was a 43-42 to ball game in basketball. You ever seen that? I don't think I've seen a game scored lower than that. And I mean, I'm sure I could probably research it and figure it out. But none, or, oh, wait. Hold the phone. Don't. That was, that was Wisconsin. Don't, nobody, nobody quote me on that. That was a Wisconsin game. But also, okay, nonetheless, Wisconsin and Dayton, 43-42. to 42. What are you guys doing? Making sandwiches and then deciding to play the game? Anyways, Purdue, still, though, defense has been very high. Purdue scoring a lot of games in the high 70s. They are averaging, oh, let's see, do we get a stat here for them? They are averaging 75 points a game. 76, to be exact. Round up that one. Round up that nine. Michigan State. Ranked second in the conference. Rutgers is third, especially with that big win after Purdue. Northwestern sits at four. Wisconsin, Michigan, Penn State, Iowa, you're sitting in the middle of the pack. You're three and three in conference play. Maryland, you're sitting at two and three, if anybody cares. And us Nebraska fans are sitting at the bottom of the pack at two and four. But we are not the very bottom. We are third from the bottom. Indiana and Minnesota rattling it off right there. So with that, college basketball hoops are coming in. Get ready to get your March Madness brackets because it's gonna come faster than you know it. I got a lot of, or I got a lot of basketball to watch this, this uh, coming January, so I'm gonna be excited. I'm gonna watch some more Nebraska games here starting tomorrow, so that'll be huge. But you know what? What big thing is coming up, folks? It's here. It's that. It's it's the most wonderful time of the sports year, besides. It is the NFL playoffs. Oh, man. This is so exciting. Because this year, this is the one This is the one thing that I I don't know if I get. And, Christo, you can tell me if you get it either. But <clears throat> we have three teams. Two teams. 
Men are nine and eight, and one team is eight and nine. We have literally, I think it's this year. I don't know if I can truly pick a pick a winner because here's where I fall. So coming up on Saturday, the Seahawks face the 49ers. I'm sorry, Seattle, you got boat race in the first matchup between you guys. And that was with Jimmy Garoppolo. That wasn't Brock Purdy. Let me double check my facts because I've, I've messed up. You had no, you had one matchup with Brock Purdy, and you lost it. And you had one matchup with Jimmy Garoppolo. You lost both, and you got boat raced in both. So, safe to say that the Seahawks, unless they come up with an answer, Geno Smith, you had a fantastic season this year, dude. Coming up as a backup and coming up, getting your first full starting season, you had 399 Passes completed out of 572 attempts. Holy shit, you threw the ball. 4,000 yards of passing, 30 touchdowns. DK Metcalf in that receiving core, great receiving core, but I don't think that you're going to stand up against one of the number, probably the number one defense in the NFL, if not the Broncos, in the 49ers. And you're going to deal with an offense that has weapons like Brandon Ayuk, Kittle, and McCaffrey. It's just not in the cards. And possibly Debo Samuel to return. But you got Brock Purdy. You possibly got Jimmy Garoppolo coming back. I mean, the Niners getting it done. They're moving on. It's easy. Nothing about it. Chargers, Jags. <sighs> I'm going to go the upset on this one. I've got the Jags. And <clears throat> oddly enough, the Jags have home field advantage, which is insane. They have not had home field advantage for a while. But the Jags are sitting there. At 9-8, and eight. and here's the funny part about it, is they're sitting at a very heavy 9-8. and eight. They have been punched in the face more times than they can count this season, and they have come back with a vengeance. Trevor Lawrence has now found a rhythm. you got Travis Etienne in the backfield. You've got a, a receiving core that is just out of this world athletic. Not a lot of big names. Christian Kirk, I mean, is one of them. Zay Jones, there you go. But otherwise... The Jags, they they came out of nowhere, just lit a fire and said, all right, we're here, let's go. I actually think that the defense might be the biggest struggle for them, but I think offensively they can keep up with Justin Herbert, who has struggled a little bit in the last couple of games. Chargers are sitting at 10-7, and seven, but I think Jacksonville gets the job done on Saturday. So we got 49ers and the Jags as two of Nick's playoff teams here. Winning. We got the Bills and the Dolphins. I'm sorry, Tua. McDaniels, you guys got blown away in the or not just it was it was a rough game in Buffalo. And you gotta go back in the winter. You might be ready, but Tua struggling a little bit. Josh Allen and the Bills on a head hunt right now. By the way, Damar Hamlin is out of the hospital, so that is that is a big props for for him uh, being able to. He got discharged the other day, and he is now out of the hospital with his family. So I don't know if he will be able to make it to the stadium on that, but I hope that he can. I understand if he cannot. I know he will be watching the game like he said he was doing in his hospital bed and trying to FaceTime his teammates. But shout out to him 
for getting the job done in the hospital and being able to come back to us. Hopefully he can, if he's going to come back and play, hopefully that he gets cleared and gets the true medical treatment that he needs. If not, hopefully he has a great career in retirement, and we wish him the best of luck on the show, and we wish him the best of health as well. The Giants and the Vikings. Oh, by the way, in case you were wondering, I am picking the Bills, and they also might be my Super Bowl team. So we'll kind of go through and see here. Giants, Vikes. I got to go with the Vikings on this. I This is my reasoning. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings have been somewhat unstoppable this season. I mean, they, they've just hit a big win streak in the at the beginning of the year, kind of slumped off after losing to the Cowboys, and by slumped off, I mean got throttled. Hi, Bubba's. What are you doing? I know. You want to go lay in bed, don't you? Yeah, you're sitting. I might have to take him out after the show. But then you've got – they lost to the Lions – the Lions end up making, almost making the playoffs. Then you lost the Packers, got throttled by the Packers. I mean, the Vikings the last couple of weeks have been all over the board. Come here, dude. Nope, you're just going to sit and stare at me. All right, cool. The Vikings all week have, or the last couple of weeks have just been all over the board. I mean, it's been, it's it's been interesting to kind of watch them play. But I think when you have Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins has been throwing unreal. You now add T.J. Hawkinson into the mix. It's a great tight end target. You still have Adam Thielen, who's going to be your kind of get-me-out-of-situation dude. And then also, you've got Dalvin Cook and Madison. I mean, you have an offense that's there to threaten. Defensively is where you have your biggest struggles. And if it comes down to kicking, oh, gosh, I don't want to see that in the playoffs for Minnesota. But I still think they get it done over... Daniel Jones, whose first playoff appearances this year, and you could say the same about Brock Purdy, you could say the same about Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, you could say the damn Sam. I mean, shit, there's a lot of quarterbacks in here that have not made a lot of playoff appearances, if any. But I think that if you really look at it, Daniel Jones and a rookie going to Minnesota who has seen a lot of great things happen during the playoffs. You got Saquon Barkley, who is an absolute stud, who will run over this Minnesota defense. I still think that Minnesota is able to get it done. They've got a little bit better of threats kind of on the outside and passing. So especially if you can target Thielen, if Kirky K can get Thielen the ball, if um, Jefferson is double covered. Wow. I don't know. Wow. I I must be tired, Christo. We should be going to bed soon. (laughs) As I will probably end up making this a longer show. Oh, excuse me. Also, as I crack open another bush latte, went to Texas Roadhouse tonight, and I made I made this a um, wonderful discovery, and not really a discovery, just I don't know what you would call it, epiphany, maybe I don't know. So you have all these things. Beer tastes better on a Friday after work. Beer tastes better on a Sunday, just kind of while you're sitting around watching football for one, but just sitting on a Sunday, beer good. Beer on a lake, river, or boat. Can't beat it. Have another one. I think that was it. Just an ice cold beer in general. Can't beat it. An ice cold beer in a frosted mug. That now, friends, is unstoppable. I had that at Texas Roadhouse tonight. Oh, my gosh. Especially after just a day of work where it's like I'm trying to figure a lot of stuff out here with like social media and everything. 
and TikTok is just killing. It's making my brain hurt. I was like, I need a beer. Well, sure enough, we go to Roadhouse, and she says, the waitress goes, it's only a dollar more. I was like, fine, give me the dollar more. I'm poor, but give me the dollar more. So, ended up getting getting a bush latte in a frosted mug. Oh, great decision. Highly recommend it for this weekend. If you can find it, also, the weather's going to be super nice this weekend. I might try to grill while we're watching football. Speaking of that, we're getting back to it. So, I have the Vikings taking the Giants down this weekend. I just, I, I don't know if the Giants defense will hold. Looking kind of back at it here, you had earlier, or you had later in the year, Giants end up only losing by three. That was the only matchup that they had this year. But I mean, still, the Vikings this year have been truly consistent. They've had a, a few blunders, but I think right now they'll get back on track with a win. Bengals, Ravens. Is this really a question? Is it? Joe Shiesty, all the way. Man is playing with a fire under him that is just... <gasps> Super Bowl story-esque again. They they are on a, a win streak. Correction. I don't know what it is about my odds. I apologize, folks. Correction, Joe Burrow is not on a winning streak. Joe, Joe Burrow is on a, I will hunt you down, and here is my resume. I'm going to go to the Hall of Fame. That is the road that Joe Burrow is on. It's undeniable. Joe Shiesty, Bengals, getting it done. Possibly looking at my playoffs of my final team. We'll see. Bucks, Cowboys. This game, I hate so much. The Cowboys have been playing out of their minds. They're 12-5 and on the year. They beat Philly. Cooper Rush this year at the beginning of the year was outstanding for them. Kept them in. Gave them the hunt. Dak Prescott finished the deal. After coming back, you had Zeke, you got Tony Pollard, you got Schultz as a tight end. I mean, what more could you want? You have C.D. Lamb on the outside edge. What more could you want with this Dallas offense? But you're staring at a mirror, and that mirror has Tom Brady looking back at you and saying, huh, best two-minute offense quarterback, playoffs, divorce, Super Bowl ring. I have four reasons to absolutely come kick your ass. Folks, Tom Brady in a playoff scares me already. Tom Brady with nothing to lose anymore? Oh, I'm shake. I'm deathly terrified, actually. I, oh. If Dallas shows up the way that Dallas has played the last game, I think Brady and the Bucks walk it. But here's the thing. The Bucks have to play defense. Here's also the thing. The Bucks really don't have a defense. But here's the other thing. The Bucks beat Dallas earlier in the season. Oh, yes. We're going to bed. The Bucks beat Dallas with Dak Prescott earlier in 
the season. I would really like to put the Cowboys ahead. I'm going to put the Cowboys ahead. But don't say I didn't warn the NFL that you unleashed a monster when Tampa Bay got into the playoffs. I still think Dallas should be able to get it done. I think that Tom Brady is going to make this. Salem! Bitch! I think I still think that Tom Brady is going to make this a game. I still think that you can sit here and you can argue the fact that, oh, yeah, it's, I don't, there's nothing you can't argue. And this is the bad thing. The Bucks have fucking home field advantage. I don't want to talk about it. I really don't. It sucks. I hate Tampa. Oh, I did. It's not even Tampa. I just, Tom Brady in the playoffs or Tom Brady, I just can't stand. It's hard. The man is just a walking time capsule legend. The man is out for blood, and the man is out for not having a a wife anymore. I'm sorry I'm hitting him below the belt, but dude, Brady has nothing to lose. It's unreal. So with that, I'm going to the actual bracket here so I can pull it up. All right. So... Looking at the AFC side, I'm going to try to fill this out a little bit as best I can. I picked the Bengals and the Bills. Oof. I, can I start with the NFC side? No? Okay. I probably can. It's my show. Our show. Uh, it was really self-centered to me, but you guys don't get to tell me what to do while I'm recording because you guys aren't here. But we love you. For listening. We appreciate you for listening. And dealing with my somewhat stupidity and sassiness. I'm just... Go with it, folks. <laughs> so here, here's the deal. I have Buffalo versus Cincinnati. <laughs> I might wait to take a pick on this. Because I want to see how both teams play. Because this, this matchup scares me. The AFC side scares me. Very heavily. Because it's... I just... I don't like it. I don't like the Bills and the Bengals because I know that somebody's going to get hurt and it's either going to be Allen or Burrow and I'm going to be sad. Because I love both teams at the moment. I love Joe Shiesty. I also want to see the Bills break the four falls. So, I'm going to hold on that. I know I shouldn't, but I'm going to. So, bear with that. Jacksonville, Kansas City. Sorry, Trevor Lawrence. Your ride stops here. You got your jacks to the playoffs. You got a wild card win in the divisional round. Chiefs beat you. It's going to be a tough one. I think that you can fight offensively. Defense, though, trying to get Mahomes out. It's going to be hard. And Travis Kelsey, that's going to be a hard-fought win. Or a hard-fought loss. Chiefs move on to the semifinals. 49ers over the Seahawks had that Vikings. I got Brock Purdy. I'm taking Purdy. I'm taking the Purdy train. It's going to be a Purdy bus. <laughs> See what I did there? It's not going to party, but okay. I don't need to explain my dad joke to you. All right. Dallas, Tampa. I have Dallas. Don't bite me in the ass, Brady. Dallas, Philly. 
I gotta if Jalen Hurts is one hundred percent healthy, which he has now two weeks to rest off, I think that this Philadelphia team gets revenge. It is going home to Philly. You now have a team that is so deadly, it hurts. Philly takes a win off that. Philly versus Purdy. This is going to be at home in Philadelphia once again. I think this is where Brock Purdy falls. Because I've got Purdy over the Vikings. I've got that 49ers defense taking over the Vikes in the NFC Championship game. Viking or er, 49ers and Eagles. This is where the playoff hopes come to an end. Because I feel they might start Garoppolo. I feel that Brock Purdy is not going to have enough under his belt, cojones-wise yet, to deal with it. If he does, prove me wrong, please, by all means. I have loved the success that you have had as a player this year so far. I have loved the success that you had at Iowa State. And coming from a Nebraska fan, but you're playing an Eagles team that is absolutely deadly offensively, a defense that is relentless in sacks, and this is your first official NFC Championship game if you make it there, and you are playing in an environment where the Philadelphia Eagles fans are wanting a repeat from Nick Foles and a Super Bowl win. You're going to be tough. I got Philly. Long story short, Philly. In the Super Bowl. And my AFC side, we'll tease you. We'll wait. Don't worry, baby. We're coming back for you. So, there you have it. My NFL bracket is somewhat secure. And by somewhat, I mean it probably isn't at all. It's not safe. It's not sound. It's got a lot of flaws. I realize that. So does my March Madness bracket, and I still do pretty good. My fantasy team had a lot of flaws. I ended up getting third place in my bow hunting league. I got horrible in the other. I don't want to talk about it. It was bad. So with that, yeah, I mean, the NFL playoffs are going to give me anxiety because it's going to be fun to watch on Saturday. I'm going to watch the games. I'm going to try to grill. I'm going to do some fun stuff. We might have a couple of lattes. We'll see what we got in the good old fridgy fridge. But, excuse me, wow. I need to figure my shit out here on the show right now. I haven't been solo for a couple of weeks, and all I'm doing is just struggling busting here. My innards are... I, okay. Disregard everything Nick is saying. I know a lot of people are probably like, okay, this man is annoying. He yawns, he burps, he does everything on the show. Well, I try. So, played some Call of Duty tonight, was playing Warzone with some buddies, and we were just screwing around, and all of a sudden, this was before the show, we got stuck outside and pushed at the end of the zone, we were literally sitting there. Me and one of our, one of us died. So it was two of us out of the four died. And we sit there. We both drop in. We all have no ammo. I mean, we are sitting there kind of at the bottom of the barrel scraping it, trying to last as long as we can. We had a few kills between the three of us. And we're sitting there. We have like four different teams sniping all the way across the map. And we're sitting where that down ship is. I don't really know what side of the map. I would probably say the west side of the map, or east side of the map, where that down ship is in that water village. And I mean, we were just sending sniper rounds that way and everything like that, but it was so hard 
And finally, we ended up dying. I don't know why I needed to tell you that story, but just if you guys want us to play some more Call of Duty while we're on the show and get some vintage gaming and stuff up, or just gaming in general while we're on the show or something different, keep our minds occupied, keep it interesting, let us know. We posted it on the good old gram. Also, for those of you listening to this podcast at the moment, there is a video of my roommate eating Oreos with mustard on it. You may be asking yourself, what did you just say? I said it right. Oreos with mustard on it. Um, She apparently thinks it's good. I posted that if that video, that original video, and if you're listening to this, it still implies. If that video of her getting or eating mustard on an Oreo gets 25 likes, I will try it for the show. I had to put a line there because I don't want to eat mustard with Oreos. I don't want to stoop myself to um, possibly horrible tasting foods. I don't want to do that. So, there's a like count for Nick to do it. I don't think JC would ever do it. We're hopefully getting the video up on TikTok here soon. But like I said, also, JC was out. He's got some broadcasting that he's got to do. But also, the man is feeling under the weather, I guess. Said that he has a sore throat going around. And there is a lot going around. It's not just him saying that. There is a sore throat and everything going around. So, make sure that you guys are staying healthy. Make sure that you guys are staying happy. Enjoy it. I know I'm doing a soapbox here. But, make sure that you guys are staying healthy and happy. And make sure that you keep tuning in to the Covert Show. We will be back next week. We'll have another NFL rundown for you. We'll have a little bit kind of a longer show and hopefully a little bit more random, as we usually do. I know a lot of sports are relevant at the time right now. So we got to go through it. And I need to get this dog to bed because he is having some dreams. He's running in his sleep right now. So with that, thank you guys for listening to the Covert Show. This is episode number, I believe, 51 on the year. Let me let me double check this here because it's going gonna, gonna to haunt me if I don't check this right. No, this is actually episode 50. Oh, wow. All right, so episode 50, the big 5-0 of the Covert Show, and Nick does this solo. We'll have to kind of, we'll have to get back on next week, and we'll have to make sure we make this a little bit of a bigger deal. I had no idea. I apologize, folks. I had no idea that this was episode 50. I thought it was 51. So with that, hopefully you guys have a great weekend. We will get stuff cut out for you and hit it up on social media. If you guys have anything for us to do, challenges, Sports to talk about, music to talk about. If you guys have anything for us to talk about or want to do on the show, please let us know. And make sure also use code COVER20 for 15% off Riz Energy. I don't know how many devoted COVER fans will get to this level, but if you do, 15% off Riz Energy. You use code COVER20. And with that, we thank you. Make sure you guys have a happy I know that this won't come out tomorrow, but make sure if it does, have a happy Friday, have a great weekend, and start that week off right. See you all later.